This episode is brought to you by Clear Hits Radio, Wisconsin's home for positive hits and hip-hop. Listen live right now at clearhitsradio.com. On to the show. I'm David Kelso, and you're listening to APC Presents, where I showcase independent podcasters from Northeast Wisconsin. This week on Dave's Faves, we're jumping across the pond to the other kind of football. This episode is from Caleb Williams' most recent podcast, The Mid Table. Each week, they recapped Premier League games, but it only ran for one season. It is a great example of the duo co-host format. Caleb and Kevin do a great play-by-play with some friendly banter. So let's dive into an episode from early last December, Pogba, Pulisic, and some pretty neat moments from the Mid-Table Podcast. to the mid table uh we're entering in another exciting wrapping up another exciting week of the premier league and entering another one i'm caleb i am kevin r kutnik and we have quite the exciting games including a number 12 brady sighting early on but it's not tommy brady it's another brady and we'll get to that in just a little bit in fact as i'm looking at the notes that you so kindly typed up it's the first game of the week (laughs) So it's Burnley Everton and uh, number 12, Brady, not Tom Brady, gets on the board quickly, Kevin. Yeah, early Saturday morning for us here in the U.S. Uh, We have Burnley Everton. Three minutes in, though, uh, little Mr. Brady, number 12, (laughs) gets a goal. I think his first of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Burnley presses high up the field early on, uh, forcing Everton into some just sloppy passing, uh, very uncharacteristic. Uh, in which Brady picks off the pass in the middle of the in the middle of the field, and just has a long range effort, and it ends up in the net, mm-hmm. catching uh, Nick Pope. I think kind of off guard there, but or not not Nick Pope. Excuse me, little Jordan Pickford off guard there. Yeah, uh, and it was it was one of those moments where I thought, oh no, this is going to be one of those Pickford games again, and <laughs> all that. But I thought he really gathered himself again pretty well for the rest of the game. Uh, and Everton had a lot of work to do because like you said, it, they just did not seem themselves, um, or at least the early on version of themselves from this year, Kevin. But in the 45th minute, we see Mr. Reliable, uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin uh, tie the game up. It goes it starts, though, with Elan, who wins the ball off of Brown Hill, playing it over to Richarlison, who just uh, who's in the left flank, spacing it out, and shoots the ball into the box, or passes the ball into the box, and there's Dominic Calvert-Lewin rushing to meet the ball and knocking it into the net, tying the game just before halftime. He has been their most reliable player this year. Most definitely. Probably... Uh as I've said before, their most clutch player. Um, mm-hmm. And as you call it, Mr. Reliable. It, this game just kind of frustrates me though, because Everton were so good those first few weeks. And now, as I think we mentioned last week, they are just kind of back to the old Everton. Um, mm-hmm. They win some, they lose some, they draw more. <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of sad to see, because I really was hoping Everton would be turning a corner this year. Um, Ancelotti's an amazing manager. He's uh, 
taken the helm of so many iconically big clubs in the world. And I was hoping he'd kind of have this uh, renaissance, if you will, at um, Everton. And it just hasn't panned out that way yet. We're only like a third of the way through the season, though. So, I mean, there is still time for it to be something bigger. But, uh, I, I mean, I, I just want to see more. And mm-hmm. Pickford did have a bad start, um, which kind of had me going like, okay, how much more is Everton going to take of this? Or are they actually going to finally make the switch and have Olsen play more? Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, as you said, he, he kind of woke up later in the game and had a pretty pretty solid good game in the rest of the game. But yeah, it just uh, it, it, it wasn't as I had hoped for. I thought Everton would come away with three points out of this one, but they didn't. Each point or each team gets a point out of this one. Yeah. And while we're giving praise to Pickford for his recovery, we also got to give praise for Burnley for staying in it and maintaining uh, and receiving that one point. Because I thought Everton had some pretty solid looks in the second half. Uh, the mm-hmm. attack seemed to pick up another level, uh, and Burnley stood their ground. So, yeah. yeah. They, I mean, they, they had uh, some moments of shaky defending, I remember, but they were able to recover. Uh, Nick Pope, he, he's a really good goalkeeper. I honestly don't know why he's not England's number one over... Jordan Pickford, but um, he he had some great saves. Uh, Burnley defense was able to recover and handle some things. So, yeah, as, as much as I want to give praise to Burnley and I want them to get three points out of it, I honestly did think though Everton yeah. was going to get three points out of it, and they didn't. So mm-hmm. credit to Burnley for robbing two points off of them and getting a point themselves. Right, and we're entering that time of the year for Everton. You know, you start out really well. <laughs> And then you notice that teams adjust to the way that you're playing. And now you've got to adjust to that too. So it'll be interesting to see, because Kevin, you've mentioned this Christmas time of year is really uh, the, the momentum builder that you want to have going into the second, not second half, but you know, the next year of the season. Absolutely. And even in the next couple of weeks here is when they start having two, three games a week and, uh, they need to have some depth to their benches, which Everton right now has got a few injuries in the defensive side of things, which doesn't uh, help their case very well right now and moving forward. So it'll be interesting coming up in the next couple of weeks here as we finish out December going into January, how, uh, how much form they're in and what momentum they can gather going forward. Well, speaking of momentum, one team that is getting momentum the right way right now is Manchester City as uh, they played Fulham, and they had quite an impressive uh, performance. It was 2-0, but it it was still overall just a dominating performance for Man City. Very much so. I mean, credit to Fulham, they held out better than Burnley did against them in the previous They did, yes. I mean, (laughs) Fulham only conceded the two goals in the first half, and the first one came really quick in the fifth minute. Um... Manchester City recovered the ball in midfield. Uh, De Bruyne makes a run forward with the ball, perfectly times, and just waited his pass out for Raheem Sterling. Sterling just gets in, places his shot on the far post, and it's in the goal. I mean, they're up pretty early. And I honestly thought after the first goal, I'm like, oh, we're going to see another 5-0 five, five game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and really this is... 
I, I was I was listening to an interview today about Raheem Sterling and how uh, he didn't get much playing time over the past month per se, um, and I think he was benched a couple games. And they just talked about how uh, that fueled him. And they're starting to see it. You saw it in the Champions League again today. Um, so we're seeing uh, rejuvenated Raheem Sterling, which is good for Manchester City. And again, we're seeing these beautiful passes from De Bruyne. And he's also scoring goals, which we see in the 25th minute. Uh, Anderson of Fulham has uh, a very light touch on Sterling. Um, which we both agree with you and I that that was a uh, that was a light touch. They awarded the penalty. De Bruyne steps up, hits it uh, opposite direction of which way the goalie dove. It was a light penalty, but do you see why they gave it a penalty, Kevin? Yes and no. I mean, there is contact, and mm. this will kind of play into my giving the card later. So I don't want to get okay. too much into this. Yeah, but. I don't know. I've said in the past, Sterling is the Neymar of England. Yeah, um, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> he, he goes to ground. He falls all over the place. I mean, Jack Grealish has given him a run for his money on just dives, but <laughs> I, I, I still stand by my claim that Raheem Sterling is the Neymar, which is just sad because I mean, he, right. he is a phenomenal player. He's an amazing talent. Mm -hmm. And I get that. He's trying to get the foul to get his team to get at the goal. Um, but that touch was so dinky. I don't know how to describe yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it just kind of bothers me that something like that in real time, when you watch it, I mean, you watch it in, in slow-mo, there's contact made, but when you watch it in real time, you're like, man, that was mm -hmm. a very light touch, you know? So absolutely. But fortunately for Fulham, that was all the goal scoring that they had for that yeah. day. Um, their defense really stepped up in the second half. I really, yeah. well, even after that, like, uh, I, I was very pleased with how Fulham performed, uh, yeah. from there on. Yeah. I mean, Manchester very much dominated that game, possession, passing movement. Fulham didn't really get too many looks in on goal. They only had, I think mm -hmm. like two or three, um, and they weren't terribly great either. Um, so Manchester, the better side, the better team that came out on top getting three points for the day, but mm -hmm. Fulham has improved <laughs> from yeah. where they were 11 weeks ago. Absolutely. And moving on to another Manchester, it's my favorite game of which Manchester will show up for Manchester United. It was the good one this week, Kevin. It was, uh, seems lately Manchester United has had some very, comeback performances um yeah. which is very exciting to watch but you can't rely on that but uh mm. the first goal ends up going to west ham in the 38th minute we see uh west ham earn themselves a corner kick the corner kick goes right to the near post but it's flicked to the far post by declan rice with the old head and suchek runs on to the flicked ball and just redirects it into the net and it gives irons the lead in the first half one zero it was it was an exciting buildup that play. Uh, like normally corners are bang, bang, Like yeah, this was bang, bang, bang <laughs> kind of moment. And so it's just more and more. And I had to rewind a couple times, double take it. I'm like, how did this happen? Uh, it was, it was an exciting goal. Definitely was. And it was very interesting. Cause like Manchester came out playing very well at first. 
and then they just kind of started to stink <laughs> somewhere about mm. 15, 20 minutes into that first half. And it took them again until second half um, before they finally kind of got their crap together, you know? A- absolutely. And we see that from a man who is in all of the headlines for them. It seems like every day, Dean Henderson clears the ball to the right flank. That's not who I'm talking about. I'm ADD, but Fernandez chases it down, cuts it and lays the ball off to Pragba. Pogba. That's who I'm talking about. Who has just enough time to get space and beautiful, beautiful strike hits the outside of the box and bends it right into the net. All level one, one beautiful kick from the French uh, midfielder. Pogba was, was money on that shot. Yeah, he definitely, I think, needs to have some good performances, especially with all the reports that he's wanting to leave, he's going to go. I think if he wants to go somewhere with a quality side and a quality coach, he's going to need to put on a good show, you know, show Mm -hmm. that he still can. And I think he definitely did that game. And he also did in Champions League too, despite them not having a good week at Champions League this week. But Mm -hmm. nevertheless, just three minutes later though, uh, we see Man U have a throw in. It comes to Fernandez, who then does a little heel flick to Tellus. Tellus crosses the ball into the box. Greenwood's there, spins with the ball, uh, lets loose just a banger of an effort, and Manchester is in. They are now up two to one. Greenwood had been hustling all game. I think he needed something, and he finally got it. Um, they just caught West Ham. Uh, not set up for the throw-in. I mean, they were still kind of figuring out their marks and who was going where, and Manchester United just seized the opportunity. Yeah, and part of me was wondering, I'm like, where is this? Why isn't this Manchester around all the time? Like, when you see yeah. moments like that and the players that they have, it's like, what what's going on? Why? Where's the consistency? Uh, because that moment there, I was like, that's Manchester United. Yeah, very much so. I mean, um, it's almost like they need a good slap in the face before they take the field or something to wake <laughs> yeah, up. Because, yeah. like you said, it's just inconsistent. Like, they need a full 90 of consistency to do well. But mm-hmm. I, I kind of just said that. It almost just seems like they need a good gut punch or something to get them yeah. to wake up and be like, okay, we can play now. Yeah, and, and because, I mean, the scoring wasn't over for Manchester United. We see in the 78th minute from the back line, the ball is played into Pogba. Pogba passes it to Fernandez, who, though he didn't score, had a very good game. Fernandez lays it off to Mata. Mata spots Rashford running to the left side, plays a beautiful long ball to him, scores the goal past Fabianski, making it three to one. And th- again, it's one of those moments where you go, where, where has this been? <laughs> but it was beautiful yeah. at the same time. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, it, it was just good, quick thinking, good, quick passing, um, heads up play by Man U to finish out the day and get three one. We do see like almost a copycat story in the next game of Chelsea versus Leeds. Yes. Where <laughs> this time uh, Leeds takes the early lead at four minutes. Uh, Leeds mop up just some sloppy play from Chelsea and goes out wide to Calvin Phillips who then sends just a curling, perfectly weighted pass into the path of Bamford, who's running in on the box. Bamford makes no mistake, puts it in. 
right past Mendy. Um, he's taken early, surprising lead on that one. That's right. Patrick Bamford getting that payday next year. He's playing for it. And I don't know who it is. It's probably just going to still be Leeds, but he is going to get a pay raise. Uh, he is tiny and fast, a little Vardy in him uh, in, in a way where he just outpaces you, which we'll talk about that later on. But yeah, uh, unfortunately though, for Leeds, uh, like you said, with, uh, with the last game, Chelsea had to have that slap in the face and Chelsea woke up. They build it up with an attack on the right side. Ziyech lays the ball to Reese James, who whips it uh, and finds Giroud, uh, who meets it and redirects it right into the net. And Chelsea levels it at the 27th minute. Reese James is becoming quite the setup man uh, with these crosses, Kevin. Yeah. Um, I mean, in the modern game, as is so oftenly coined, you see those outside backs getting forward, making those passes, and Reese James is doing a really good job of it. Um, and not only that, he actually defends pretty well as well. So it's uh, pretty exciting to see a young English kid come up and make such a huge impact for a team. Yeah. I mean, and England's pretty set there with TAA and him in the backfield. And yeah, <laughs> they've got their two back guys uh, for a while. And that's all the scoring in the first half, Kevin. But early, uh, in the second half, we see more scoring from Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea get a corner kick and something we've seen quite a bit this season. Uh, Mason Mount just sends in the corner kick. Zuma runs in, just gets above everybody else, puts his head on it and just blast it into the net. And Chelsea are now up 2-1. to one. Just a classic play, it seems like, lately, you know, for them. Absolutely. And I found this absurd stat for Mason Mount, and I'm trying to find it. Where are you? Here we go. Mason Mount created seven chances against lead this week. Seven. <clears throat> that, for any, against anybody... To create seven chances is impressive in 90 minutes, and that's the most for Chelsea in any game this year. He was on his game, Mason Mount. But for America, the best news came last in this game. In the 90th minute, we see Kovacic play the ball to Werner, who's on the right flank, who is running as fast as he can because he is uh, a road runner. <laughs> for all you cartoon fans, Saturday morning cartoon fans. Uh, but he cuts the ball back and passes it, finds Pelusic in the middle, sliding down, getting the goal. Uh, it is a two-goal lead. Pelusic and Werner teaming up. That is what I wanted all year long. It was, it was a good uh, counterattack, really. I mean, at this point, Chelsea, especially this late in the game, could have just sat back and defended and parked the bus, but they didn't. They kept going, kept pushing on. And I think it just, like you said, it kind of made my day that uh, Pulisic was the man to put the final nail in the coffin for Chelsea that day. Quite the quite the beard. I don't know if he's old enough to, to grow that out yet. Though. <laughs> it's, it looks a little weird on him. <laughs> There's a, there was a meme I saw where it showed Giroud uh, and him side by side. <laughs> and it says, when you try to dress like the best looking kid in class. <laughs> so obviously Olivier Giroud looks very stylish. Polisic looked 
a little homeschool to say the least. He's trying. (laughs) (laughs) That game with Chelsea wraps up, wraps up Saturday, and we move on to Sunday now, which starts with West Brom Crystal Palace with a dominant performance from Crystal Palace, but um, we got to start in the eighth minute or Crystal Palace is awarded a free kick uh, placed into the right channel uh, for Zaha who whips it across, but uh, it hits a West. It's knocked into the West Brom goal by defender. Oh, it's an own goal. Daryl Furlong. I'm stuttering over my words. I'm just going to say own goal (laughs) for now on. Daryl Furlong, uh, not the way that you want to start the game if you are a Baggies fan. Nope, not at all. Um, But I think the highlight for this game just coming out before even the game was started was that Wolfred Zaha back in it. He very much is making his mark yet again after coming back from, I believe, what was a pretty lengthy injury there. Yeah. Um, And he gets kind of a assist of sorts on this one <laughs> just whipping in a very yeah. uh venomous cross on this that uh furlong just couldn't handle and ended up putting in his own net yeah yeah a great and impressive game for zaha you saw he kind of is an identity guy for them and you saw that throughout the whole game but yeah, uh, i mean they definitely struggled the last couple of weeks without him and now mm-hmm. they looked a lot more electric this week than they had before. Unfortunately, though, Kevin, the the one nothing lead doesn't last forever. Nope. Thirtieth minute, uh, we see Furlong, who just scored <laughs> an own goal earlier, is now played <laughs> into space and makes a good run towards the goal line, and he just cuts back a pass right in the middle of the box where Gallagher's waiting for it, and Gallagher blasts a shot, and it's in the net, and they're all level now. Very similar to his goal last week against Chelsea, I believe. And they, no, did they play? Who did they play last week? Yeah, I can't remember who West Brom played. Enter, uh, <laughs> but I mean, it was it was the almost the exact same mm-hmm. setup, cut back, top of the box, bang, goal, um, for Gallagher yet again, two weeks in a row. So if anybody's scouting him, mark him on the top of the box. He's gonna do it. I, <laughs> Well, I'm actually enjoying Gallagher's play a lot. I think um, regardless of the outcome of West Brom this season, I think he'll be in the Premier League somewhere next year. Well, he he's a, he's a Chelsea Academy product. I don't remember if he's there on loan or if he's there full-time, but he's had a pretty good upbringing with some pedigree to it um, mm-hmm. in his career. So that was kind of a neat thing I learned about him last week, I guess, after he scored, but the game's excitement did not end at the 30th minute, obviously. It did not. Seen the, no. <laughs> seen the 34th, uh, some drama. Uh, in back in the 32nd minute, actually, Van Anholt knocks Pereira down and a free kick is awarded, but VAR took a look at mm-hmm. the f- initial foul and has the ref go to the pitch side monitor, take a look at it, and he comes back and issues Pereira of West Brom, a red card for basically kicking at Van Anholt when he knocked him to the ground with his studs up at him. Very Cobra Kai of him. Yeah, but I mean, I I don't want to say tit for tat, this, that, but um, Mm -hmm. we had, who was it? Um, Maguire got knocked to the ground one game and he kicked out like that and was deemed okay because he was protecting himself. Yeah, and watching this one, Pereira didn't. I mean, he didn't like thrust a lunge or anything really hard 
like kick hard. I mean, his foot does come out straight and studs up at the guy. I'm not saying he doesn't, doesn't not deserve a red card, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's kind of like, if not that one, then why is, you know, I don't, I don't know. It just, why one player, not the other. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a and little it, favoritism. And it almost too, was one of those ones. If you watched in real time, I don't know if you just missed it, but it didn't really look like he kicked at him in real time either. So <laughs> I, I don't know if one of those things that this far, they can slow it down and look at it and go, Oh yeah, that looks like he kicked him, even though in real time it didn't look like it kicked him. So I, it's, it's definitely a hard one to call, but he does get the red card. It's sent off and it does make a huge impact on the rest of the game. It does with a man up. We see in the 55 minute palace is pressing and searching for another goal. And they poorly clear it away. MacArthur recovers the ball uh, quickly and plays it to uh, Zaha, who takes a little touch inside and goes into the goal and gives Crystal Palace the lead. And uh, yeah, Zaha strikes again in the 55th minute. Yep. But it doesn't stop there. Just four minutes later, Palace have just some great link-up play. Um, a through ball is played towards goal. Then Holt chases it down, chips it back towards the middle of the box where Benteke just lowers his head down to meet the ball and just nods it right into the nets. And now they are up three to one. And nine minutes later, <laughs> I mean, it just keeps going on. I mean, this is what's supposed to happen when you're a man up and you're an attacking team. When you, so. when, when you have two players, when you have Zaha and Benteke, I mean, it's like, I, I mean, I'm probably over-exaggerating here, but the way that they're built, this is why I'm comparing it to them. Benteke is like a Hulk, like a bouncer, yeah. and Zaha's like the Flash. Like, he, I know it's two different universes for all <laughs> you nerds out there, but uh, Quicksilver. We'll say Quicksilver then, for, just to be accurate. <laughs> um, so, I mean, we got we got the speed of Zaha, we've got the power of Benteke, and they perfectly connected this whole second half of the game. And in the 68th minute, we see Eze gets the ball for Palace, dribbles it uh, goalward, giving it a little give and go to Benteke with a sloppy touch in the return, but it falls right to Zaha. Therefore, the rebound makes no mistake, gets in front of the goal and scores again. We've got a blowout on our hands. Yep. And then (laughs) in the 82nd minute, the title of our podcast, and then (laughs) (laughs) to finish off uh, West Brom and put them out of their misery, Ayu, who is subbed in, plays uh, the ball to Nathaniel Klein, who's on the run. Klein sends the ball. In on the ground, not even an aerial cross. Um, but Bashuai, who is looking like to be on the end of it, just lets the ball roll through. Um, and it goes to Benteke, and Benteke turns his defender and just hammers it in like a Hulk. And they end up winning the game five to one. Yeah, quite uh, an impress. Like you said, this was that momentum that Crystal Palace needed. They were on a downward trage- trajectory the last couple weeks. Um, Zaha comes in and just uh, gave them that Jordan secret stuff kind of thing. And <laughs> they turned it around and they they looked like the palace for the first couple of weeks uh, that we saw. Yeah. I mean, it also helps think, that they were up a man. <laughs> true that. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely does help when you're up 10 versus 11. Um, but Zaha, I think without him pulling the strings, 
it made a huge difference. And just having that partnership, as you point out earlier, Zaha, who's a fast, nippy striker, Benteke, who plays a good hold up forward, just a body up front. The two of them able to connect and play off each other. And Eze, mm. who's just proven to be an amazing playmaker, um, just dangerous on the wing. You get all that coming at you. It's it's going to be hard to defend against, no matter who you are. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm excited to see what Crystal Palace does. As I'm sure Zaha, you can take your my my name off of your bulletin board now. <laughs> um, you can you can do that now. You've proven me wrong. Uh, it's been a fantastic year for him. Uh, and our intern, Mister uh, Mister Apple, uh, got back to us, <laughs> and West Brom played. Sheffield, last uh, Sheffield. Okay. Yes. So thank you, Mr. Intern, uh, for that. And now as we go on, speaking of Sheffield, they're the next game against, uh, Leicester Sheffield still looking for that, uh, much missing three point game for them. Would it happen this week, Kevin? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> 24th minutes, Leicester moved the ball around with quite a bit of ease. Um, and it goes out left to James Justin, who just sends in his cross that Perez is on the end of, who flicks it with his head to Albrighton on the opposite side. Um, Albrighton takes a shot. It's blocked, but the deflection falls right back to Iosi Perez. He just gets a hold of it to bury it in the net. Iosi Perez, I'm, I... Oh, this my is not gosh. A, I haven't heard that a, name in forever. <laughs> This is not a popular opinion amongst Newcastle fans, it seems like, but I miss him at Newcastle. <laughs> he would be great, but I haven't heard that name in forever. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not a name that you commonly hear uh, in scoring goals at Leicester, but I'm happy for him. Uh, I, I do wish he was still on Newcastle. He was great that last season and the last couple seasons. I'll be nice. <laughs> but... Two minutes later, Sheffield doesn't back down. No, they do not. Nope. Uh, as they get a corner, Lundstrom takes the corner, sends it in right to the head of McBurney, which is a great last name. And it is Scottish, a goal all <laughs> level again. Uh, very exciting moment right there. Uh, or I was thinking, okay, is this the fight that Sheffield's going to put up? And they put together a pretty good fight for the next 74 minutes, Kevin. Yeah. Do me a favor real quick though. Yeah. Say Oliver McBurney in your best Scottish accent. Oh no. I, I, I do not want to, uh, complaints. Come on, come on. All. You, you do it. And o then I'll do Oliver it. McBurney. Oliver McBurney. <laughs> That's way better. You see? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Oh, you gotta gosh. say it with, like, I like planted you're a off. church in Scotland and I can't even do an accent. Oh, I hope they're not listening. <laughs> oh, stay All subscribed, right. guys. <laughs> stay subscribed. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Fast class lesson six was editing. Lesson seven, we're talking about branding elements, cover art, music, and sound effects. First, cover art. It's the movie poster for your show, and you can intrigue new listeners with it as they scroll through the waves and waves of podcasts. Every podcast platform requires you to have something. Basically, a square JPEG image with a resolution of at least 1,400 pixels by 1,400 pixels. Just go browse the top podcasts to see some great examples. Now, you can 
create this using Canva for free, or you can hire a graphic designer. Next, music and sound effects. You need to have the copyright to both. You can't just use any random song or sound effect that you pulled from YouTube or Spotify. Those are copyrighted. You can use royalty-free, Creative Commons with credit, and if you purchase something from a specific online library. If you want to be unique, you could connect with a local musician, ask them if you could use their song with credit. So go create your cover art, find your music, and share it with us, and watch the slower, more detailed video version of this in the APC Members Facebook group. Link in the notes. Back to the show. So yeah, actually, uh, <laughs> so for 74 minutes from there, we see, or I can't even do my math right now. Uh, is, is it 64? Yeah, 64 minutes. We see Sheffield put together a solid game, but but we see in that 90th minute uh, some fatigue in Sheffield and only one man knows when to take advantage and he showed up. Yeah, it, I mean, such a cruel game, but it happened. <laughs> it does. Uh, Leicester, they have a throw-in. Sheffield win it back, but just sloppily give it right back to Leicester. James Madison gets the ball, just sends Jamie Vardy on the run. Vardy does what he does, scores a goal, scores the game winner. And Leicester come away two to one. I, I was pretty gutted for Sheffield United that. Yeah, game. it was it it wasn't good, but at the same time, like I kept on watching it, Kevin, and just like the brilliance of the Vardy run, like he was aware. He's like, I need to get back on side. Yeah, before like like he he cut in. I know you guys can't see this, but you know he cut <laughs> he cut towards the middle, then he backed up to get back on side, but then took off again. Like your body's not supposed to be able to adjust like that, <laughs> that quickly. Right. And, Especially and, in this age of like VAR where a shirt sleeve can make you off sides. Yeah. The fact that he got everything back on sides just in time for that pass from uh, James Madison. Right. It, it, it just worked out perfectly for him. But, well, and even the, the, the type yeah. of shot that he chose, that's a yeah. very difficult shot to Especially to take at the 90th minute. I'm like, how confident do you have to be? Or cocky? I don't know. Fine line. There's a fine line. (laughs) He did get a yellow card, though. Destroyed a corner kick flag. It might be one of my favorite photos, though, of the Premier League this season. Um, And Luster, they they actually, like, the more I was looking at their record over the last couple weeks, they needed this win. They had not been playing well. Uh, this was a much-needed three points for Leicester. Absolutely. I mean, both teams needed three points out of that day. Um, mm-hmm. And Sheffield had chances. I mean, Oliver Burke early on had one mm-hmm. that he got a hold of it, but he like didn't have his weight shifted right or something, trips over his own feet right in front of the box. Had he been set, he probably would have banged it in and it would have been a whole different mm-hmm. game. Um so, yeah, Sheffield United's search for three points is still on. And uh, how long do you think their coach is going to stay there? I mean, I I know that the players like him. I know that he the fans like him. But at the same time, moves have to be made sometimes. Yeah, I I don't think he'll leave of his own um, of his own will. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to take the owners saying, "Sorry, but we got to do something." Um, mm-hmm. 
And I think at this point, he's really got to be looking over his shoulder at that. But like you said, the fans and players like him a lot. So there's that to consider as well. But I think he's just, they've just got to get better quality in front of Nets. Mm-hmm. It seems to be screwing them over week in and week out. But yeah, and which is unfortunate because they, they spent so much money on a striker at the transfer deadline. But as you said, um, you weren't sure if his style would transition at Sheffield. And it's still up in the air. It's only the first season. But right now, there's definitely been a uh, a learning curve uh, for him. And it's just it hasn't gotten to where it needs to be yet. Yep. But Sunday, moving on, we have the North London Derby at Tottenham. Um, Tottenham in very good form. Arsenal, not in so good a form. <laughs> I kind of laugh about it because I have yeah. I have some I have a handful of friends who are all Arsenal fans, and they were texting me during the game, and they're just as miserable as a Newcastle fan. Um, so I feel for them, but yeah. It, it was an exciting game to watch, nonetheless, if you're a Tottenham fan. And in the 13th minute, we uh, we get our first goal with Tottenham, who get the ball moving forward out of the back. Um, and they play it outright to Bergewijn, who then plays it to Kane. Kane just switches the point of attack by playing this huge long ball out left to Youngman's son. Son just goes on a blazing run, taking on the Arsenal defense, decides to have a shot out from distance. And boy, was it a shot. Just curls it inside the far post and Arsenal take the early, or excuse me, Tottenham take the early lead 1-0. It felt like I was watching golf and somebody had the pitching wedge out yeah. and hold it. Like that shot <laughs> was like, it, it was perfect. Like it deserved a golf clap at the end of it. It, it was, it was awesome. And yeah, the, I know you've said this so many times, but right now it looks like Kane and Son are playing on a playground together against you know their competition. They're yeah, they're so fun to watch. Uh, I think you've got a new goal celebration right there, where the players should run to a corner flag, all stop, and just give a nice little. It deserved it. Like <laughs> it felt like I was watching golf, <laughs> um, which I don't do often. So, <laughs> um, but. And the connection continues because we see right before halftime in the 45th minute, we see Tottenham starting an attack with Aurier, uh, who plays it to LaSalle. Oh my gosh. Lo Kelso. LaSalso. LaSalso. All right. Aurier plays it to LaSalso, who uh, goes in on a run with the ball, finds Sun, uh, perfectly timed. I thought this was going to be uh, Sun's moment. But he backs up, finds Kane, who was still running towards the near post, kicks it in, and Kane becomes the all-time leading scorer in the North London Derby and gives the Spurs 2 nothing lead. Yep, and that's how the game would end, 2-0. Arsenal's woes would continue. Tottenham looking strong. There's a lot of chatter about them being title contenders. Um you know, we're getting to that point in the season where we can start looking at teams going, hey, are these uh, are these claims founded, you know? Is uh, Chelsea, Manchester City, 
Leicester, even uh, Liverpool, like are, are all these teams actual title contenders? And mm-hmm. right now I feel like, yeah, there's probably about six teams who really <laughs> could make a go at the title this year. I mean, nobody's mm-hmm. perfect, obviously right now, everybody's lost games. Um, so it's not, it's not like uh, a couple seasons ago where one little loss can ruin the whole title run. Um, I mean, in the long run, yes, one loss can, but it's not going to come down to the one loss of the year. Um, right, right. Or their only loss, I should say, of the year. But, um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't write off Tottenham as a title contender at this point. I mean, yeah, are they going to win it? I don't have a crystal ball to say yes, but they're in the top six teams, I would say, that are making a threat on the Premier League title this year. And you know what's what's interesting is in this whole conversation so far, we haven't mentioned Gareth Bale. <laughs> you know, yeah. well, it, it was was he needed? Was was he was the addition just to kind of push the players to do better because of his name? Like irreplaceable and they just stepped up their game? Possibly. I mean Mourinho did say pregame interview that he's still a couple weeks out from being fully fit. Mm-hmm. But what it's been over two months or two months since he's arrived and you're not fully fit yet. I know he arrived with an injury. Mm-hmm. He is getting playing time. Um, like as a sub, but not as a starter necessarily. So maybe it was something to come in and kind of push people to say, Hey, you need to up your game, but I'm not on the training ground, so I don't get to make those decisions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, if if he's not fully fit when he does get fully fit, I mean, what an addition. Yeah. That I mean, lineup. if you had him instead of Bergewine out on a flank, mm-hmm. it, uh, it, it could look a whole different level of danger, you know? Yeah. So speaking of championship contenders or title contenders, we see Liverpool playing Wolves and um, they looked all the part of defending champions in this game as Wolves looked all the part of looking like they're missing their front striker in this game. Uh, We see early on in the 24th minute, Jordan Henderson lofts the ball into Salah uh, and Connor Cody. He moves in to intercept it and but misjudges the flight of the ball and there's just a blunder still lands at Salah's feet and he scores the goal and uh it's an early one nothing lead and that was quite the way to start the game Kevin wouldn't you say yeah um Liverpool get on the board and in the 43rd minute Wolves are possibly given a lifeline here um they have a corner kick Goes in across the box. Cody goes down after a weird overhead, a kick tent uh, by Mane. The ref points immediately to the spot and says, Hey, Wolves, you get a penalty. Um, but VAR chimes in, says, uh, You need to take another look at that. And they go in and they take a look at it. And Mane actually pulls out of his weird little uh, mm-hmm. overhead kick thing and makes no contact on Cody. So Cody just goes down on his own and the call ends up getting reversed. No penalty. Which 
good call. <laughs> um, I don't know how, how to respond to that. It, I agree. It was uh, it was a it was an NBA caliber flop right there. Very much so. <laughs> Grammy or not Grammy? Uh, Oscar award winning flop. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And in the 58th minute, though, in the second half, we see Wolves getting caught out and Liverpool breaking quickly on them. Henderson plays the ball to Waldem. Wijnaldum? Yep. Wijnaldum. I'm going to learn all these names one day, people. <laughs> Wijnaldum, the ball, Liverpool. They have numbers. Uh, the Wolves defense is backing off of Wijnaldum, who covers uh, who covers the other players. But to no avail, Wijnaldum dribbles to the goal and shoots it himself into the net. It's like the parting of the seas. Goal, Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I can't fault the Wolves defenders for backing off and covering the likes of Mane, Sala, all of them <laughs> up front. But at the same time, someone does have to get out and pressure the ball, and they yeah. don't do that. And Ronaldo just takes and makes the most of it. Absolutely. And, you know, as a player who plays with uh, star players, not myself, I'm talking about Wijnaldum. <laughs> um, I only play with Kevin when he uh, lets me play against him in FIFA. But uh, <laughs> no, she's never, never. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Wijnaldum as somebody who uh, who recognizes who he's who's up front uh, and recognizes that they're gaining all the attention, like kudos to him for taking that shot and scoring like those are those are the best opportunities for him yep and then just 10 minutes later liverpool get a corner kick and it's taken short to salah who then sends it across himself and joel matip is there he just meets it with his head rising above everybody else and now liverpool are up three to zero yeah uh great great cross great score and it doesn't end there Ten minutes later, we see Alexander Arnold uh, play the ball across uh, the face of the goal. Both Salah and Mane rush to get it. Mane touches it, but it touches uh, a defender's uh, leg. I believe it's Samito's leg, uh, and it touches it and knocks it in. It's an own goal. Uh, little insult to injury, assault on the wound. It is a four nothing victory for Liverpool, and they looked all the part of Premier League champions, Kevin. Yep, I didn't need that last call. I have Samato in fantasy, and that's uh, <laughs> me back like negative ten points. So. <laughs> oh man, I don't even know how uh, fantasy Premier League works. So you're going to have to teach me the scoring system because I, it probably doesn't help that I just pick all Newcastle players. So <laughs> yeah, it would. There's only a couple that would bring you some points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but then we go on to Monday. Uh, Monday night football. We had one game. It was quite an entertaining game, in my opinion. It was Brighton and Hove versus Southampton. And uh, goal scoring gets started in the first quarter of the game, Kevin. Yeah, first uh, goal for the South Coast Derby is comes via a penalty. Uh, a cross comes into the box for Danny Welbeck. He chests the ball up and over him in an attempt to try to turn his defender, uh, who was James Ward-Prowse. And in doing so, Ward-Prowse has an outstretched arm hand comes right or the ball comes right down on his hand the handball is given uh it's pretty obvious one of those ones i think james ward prowse was going to go back and go what was i even doing um but penalty's given pascal gross steps up because malpay is not on the field at that time 
um, and just coolly converts the penalty second week in a row, giving uh, Brighton Hove the early lead one to zero. Yeah. And we see uh, the game moving on. And right before halftime, we see the game get all level and James Ward-Prowse with a little bit of redemption with a corner kick taken by Ward-Prowse, sends the kick in and Vestigard rises up, knocks the header in, and it is all level. Uh, A little redemption, but also some momentum going into the second half, Kevin. Very much so. Um, I almost feel like two Brighton kind of fell asleep there in the last seconds of that first half. Like they were just like, all right, halftime's coming. It's, yeah. It's going to work. We're going to go into this up one zero. We can get a break and they just can conceded a corner kick and we're just not quite switched on. I mean, granted Vestigard's the tallest guy on the field that day. So he's kind <laughs> of an easy guy to pick out to target. But at the same time, they, they, they got to, you know, mark him up and do a better job of it, but it didn't happen. But uh, in the second half, we see Danny Ings, who comes on as a sub, returning from injury. Um, he gets a penalty in the 77th minute. March goes down with a hefty challenge on Kyle Walker-Peters, the right back of Southampton. Initially, the kick is just given as a free kick outside the box, but VAR takes a nice lengthy look at it, and they determine that the point of contact is inside the box. Penalties given. Who else is going to step up to take it for Southampton? But the aforementioned Danny Ings um, comes on, just smashes it in like Danny Ings does. Very confident, very cool. And it ends that day, one to two, Brighton, one, mm-hmm. Southampton with the two. And let me tell you something about that uh, goal right there. It's something that I never noticed before. Danny Ings has quite the tattoo sleeve. Yeah, Danny Ings. Um, Sorry. It's very interesting. He he, while at Liverpool, kind of had this like bad boy mm-hmm. uh, charisma about him, and maybe he still does at Southampton. But the sleeves <laughs> they kind of add to it. Um, a lot of professional players these days are just very tattooed, and he's kind of no exception to it. But he, uh, yeah, he, he definitely I think was is is and was. Trying to be that bad boy swagger and having all that. Yeah, well, caught my eye. Way to go, Danny Ings. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, quite the week for Southampton. Way to wrap it up. And again, we're talking about that time of the year again. Southampton is remaining very high up in the table, Kevin. Um, do you see this lasting, or you yeah. know? I, I think uh, they actually have got a system down and a bench that can support it. Um, I think they could finish realistically anywhere from fifth to eighth by the end yeah. of the year. Eighth being like if they just start kind of falling apart and getting extremely inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, fifth being that they just kind of keep on the pace that they're on. So it's it's a pretty pretty big improvement for Southampton. We haven't seen a Southampton side like this since uh oh what's his name? Um Dutch manager uh, Ronald uh Ronald Coleman, I think it was his last name. Um Blessed our intern Apple after this uh, uh, yeah. But uh yeah, Ronald mm-hmm. 
uh, Ronald Coleman, sorry. Um, anyways, since him, like Southampton hasn't been up in that top mm-hmm. six area since then. But um, yeah, Southampton are doing very well. Hasselholton, Hassan Hootle. Keep getting names wrong today, man. It's, yeah, it's interesting to see the progress he's made from last year to this year with that team and how good they've done. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm excited to see what they do. And I would be excited to see Southampton in like a Europa. So that'd be fun to see. Um, they're an entertaining team to watch. And I look forward to many more of their games uh, this week or this upcoming season, as long as they don't play Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. All right, Kevin. Uh, we are near the end of the show. So you know what that means. It is our team of the week. Team of the week. And uh, yeah, do you want me to start? I feel like you start all the time. Yeah, you go ahead and start this time. All right. So at goalie, um, I'm going to go with Mr. Pope. Uh, I think he had a really solid recovery game uh, or really solid game after that goal. Uh, and yeah, I just... Uh, I think, but I agree with you. I think he should be England's number one goalkeeper. Then I'm going to go with uh, Cancelo from Manchester City at right back. And then I will go with at left back. Here's where the mix up came in <laughs> in my notes Andy Robertson at the left back. And then Alderweider from Tottenham. I probably butchered that name. <laughs> oh, man. And then Fabinho as well. You know what? No, I messed that up. Reese James. Reese James, not Robertson, as right. one of my backs. So then I've got Hoiberg from Tottenham, Son from Tottenham, as well as De Bruyne. And I'm going to put. Uh, Fernandez, Bruno Fernandez in there. And then up top, my strikers, it's going to be uh, Zaha and Kane. Very solid picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, my team of the week is we got one with the four, four, three, three, uh, starting keeper. I had <laughs> Quivin Kelleher. His name does not even look like pronounced like it's spelled, but <laughs> it's actually the the Irish derivative of Kevin, but who would have figured? Uh, but Kelleher from Liverpool, third string keeper, making his Premier League debut and playing a phenomenal game, having some great yeah. saves that game. Mm-hmm. Um, in defense, uh, right back, I had Nathaniel Klein. He had a great game for Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. Center back, I had Vestigard. He had a great game for Southampton that last game of the week. And then the other center back I picked was Joel Maddup who has battled back from injury and also just had a great performance with Liverpool. And then at left back, I had Patrick Van Anholt, who also just was a good pacey outside left back in mm-hmm. Crystal Palace this week. Uh, three midfielders. I had Eze, uh, De Bruyne, and Mason Mount. All three were just mm-hmm. good performances, solid defend, or not defend, solid midfield play, good transitional play, way to get forward, way to provide assists. Mm-hmm. Um, and then up on the attack for my forwards, I had Benteke, 
Zaha, that partnership this week was just absolutely mm-hmm. great. No complaints there. And the third forward I picked was Mohamed Salah, who just is uh, <laughs> being himself, if you will. <laughs> absolutely. Just playing, putting on a good performance again this week. Mm-hmm. All right, raising scarves. Great team of the week, Kevin. Let's raise those scarves. I am raising my scarf to Mason Mount. Um, I think he had a great game. As I said, seven, he, 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 uh, was the reason for seven opportunities for Chelsea. They didn't get all seven, but you know, he just had great control of the game. I am giving it to Mason Mount. I'm raising my scarf this week to Bruno Fernandez. He didn't start the game, but he came on the second half Mm -hmm. and it made a world of difference for man United. Um, it may have been part of that wake up that they needed for the second half to get back at West Ham. Mm-hmm. He uh, he's a player that if they don't have him on the field, it's very obvious, and he makes such a huge impact. I he deserves to have the scarf raised for him. Absolutely. All right, giving my card. Oh, who am I giving my card to? I'm going to give my card to myself. Because I was a fool, I was a fool. In our very first episode, I said Wilfred Zaha. I called Wilfred Zaha out, and I look like a fool now. So I'm going to give myself a card and not make. I also said that Tottenham needs to blow it up in the second episode. So I'm just going to give my card myself a card and tell myself to calm down with my overreactions. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this week I'm showing the card to VAR. Um, I think there needs to be some reassessments on fouls in the box. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the stat this weekend was something like 50 penalties have been given this year because of VAR. Um, there are a lot that do need to be looked at. Like we did see the correct decision made in the Liverpool Wolves game where Mane backed out of the challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like in games with Fulham and Man City where Sterling in live time had just the slightest small little bump goes down. It's like, come on, there's not even enough in that challenge to really make anything fall over mm-hmm. through himself to the ground, just feeling something. And we see that quite often. And that, that's got to be watched, I think, in real time engaged that, hey, that challenge was not even meaty enough to warrant a free kick if it happened anywhere else on the field stop giving penalties for stupid calls like that. But that's just my two cents as a, clap. <laughs> as a well middle done. class male in Northeastern Wisconsin. <laughs> I agree a hundred percent, but I am also in the same demographic. So <laughs> we may not know what we're talking about, but I agree with that card um, as well. Very well done, Kevin. Um, and this week we've got some exciting games to happen, especially one in Manchester, Kevin. Yes, Saturday is the Manchester Derby, United versus City. It's going to be interesting. Um, is Manchester United going to come out awake? Is City going to be in great form like they have the last few weeks um, and advance in the table? Mm-hmm. Or are we going to get the commentator's curse where they get so excited and they build up this game that ends up in a 0-0 draw? Who knows? Anything could happen. <laughs> right. The return of Sergio Aguero for Man City. Uh, is a great addition. We'll see. Uh, yeah, 
I'm, I'm excited. Bruno Fernandez, uh, De Bruyne. Uh, it's going to be a great matchup. Uh, I think Manchester definitely, or United definitely need it in wake of uh, a really bad Champions League performance yes. this week. So, yeah. But I, it should be a good one, regardless which team you support. I mean, both teams are mm-hmm. playing pretty well. So, then we got a battle. We got a civil war going on. We got the North versus the South. We've got Crystal Palace versus Tottenham. <laughs> Uh, quite quite the matchup again. Two teams that are, uh, as of this past week, rolling in the scoring. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see if Zaha can break through that Tottenham defense that's been getting better and better and better. Very Mourinho. It's becoming more and more like Mourinho's identity. Mm-hmm. Very much so. And, and then, then, on oops, excuse me, Sunday, <laughs> we see two teams that are really in need of three points right now. Arsenal, who's in just a weird spinning stall, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, And Burnley, who is just fighting an uphill battle. Both teams need three points. They need redemption. Uh, Who's going to come out on top in this game? Time will tell. They're both going to get one. No, <laughs> it's going zero zero. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Arsenal. Uh, they 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 were delivered some pretty upsetting news today with their uh, big signee from transfer deadline uh, missing a few games uh, due to I, I think it was a minor injury from what I read. Um, so yeah, but we'll see. Um, Arteta needs to turn it around, as you said so many times. This is. Sorry. As you said before, this is the time for Arsenal to turn it around and get that momentum as we enter 2021. Yep. Um, Just kind of backing up with Arsenal. Like Arteta was one I really was hopeful he would do a good job at there, at the Arsenal. Um, And just came out first week looking good, looking promising, and then since then has just not really lived up to it. Um, so I, I hope for Arsenal fans, my friends sake, who are all Arsenal fans, it does uh, shape up better for them here in the weeks to come. Absolutely. And with that, Kevin, uh, we're wrapping up another episode of the mid table. We'll be back next week. Um, but until then, enjoy the beautiful game of football. Watch the Manchester Derby. It's going to be great. Um, regardless of the score <laughs> um you'll have a good time uh, i believe fans will be back for that as well so it'll be great to have some fans there kevin i'm not sure about the fans but maybe you are you know what well well uh if i'm wrong i'm wrong and i'll blame our intern but um <laughs> until next week kevin adios amigos there you have it some solid play-by-play recaps from caleb and kevin honestly it's the first i've heard caleb do any kind of sports calling and i kind of want to hear some more unfortunately the mid-table podcast was tabled while caleb continues to get clear hits radio off the ground so we're gonna have to wait but in the meantime you can go support that project remember you can go check out clearhitsradio.com for positive hip-hop and other hits as always, though, I hope that you can find some inspiration from listening to the mid table, even though it's not going on anymore, for your very own show as you create it. 
And if you do need some help with that, head on over to AppletonPodcast.com for community support, resources, and the chance to win some free gear. If you know anyone in Northeast Wisconsin who wants to start a podcast, share this show with them. If you've made it this far, please rate and review the show on Podchaser. I got nothing else for you. I'm David Kelso, your neighborly podcast nerd, and thanks for listening.